ولي الصالحين وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قال المؤلف رحمه الله وهو ابن أبي زيد القيرواني وله الأسماء الحسنى to Allah belongs beautiful names that are lofty that are beautiful complete, perfect وصفات العلا and attributes are lofty لم يزل بجميع صفاته وأسمائه تعالى أن تكون صفاته مخلوقة so Allah سبحانه وتعالى continues to be with his names and attributes and Allah is free from anyone attributing to him that his attributes being created. Allah is free from that, that anyone can claim that his attributes are created and that his names are, as he mentions here, muhdatha, yani his names are created. So he is exalted above than to have his attributes and names created. This section here, these two sides here by Sheikh Salih Fuzan, when he explained it, again he's affirming that Allah's beautiful names and lofty attributes, that all of his names are complete. Even if the creation, they can also see, they can hear, but Allah's seeing and his hearing is far superior, yani it is perfect. Whereas the seeing of the Ibad is deficient. They can't see beyond the walls around them. And they can only hear that which is close to them. As for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's hearing and seeing. They are perfect in the complete sense. And we affirm that which Allah affirmed for Himself. So in these two sides, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Ayat al-Kursi, Allahu la ilaha illahu, lahu al-as, and so taha, similar to Ayat al-Kursi, where He says, lahu al-asma' al-husna, to Him belongs complete, perfect names. And other than from Ayat, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that his names are complete, all of them are complete. And because it proves the completeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it has meanings that are complete. So every ism, every name of Allah, proves an attribute that is great from the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is not names without meaning. This is the refutation of the Asha'irah. Who affirm Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who may say we believe in Allah's names, but they do not affirm the meanings and the Mu'tazila. Except that the Asha'ira, they will only affirm that which is in accordance with their intellect. So they affirm seven of Allah's uh, names, of Allah's attributes, because of the intellect that coincides with that. So they will only accept that which is which coincide with their intellect. And that's the attributes that they affirm. So with the Mu'tazila, they affirm Allah's names and attributes, but they do not affirm the meanings. They do not affirm the meanings. As for the, the Jahmiyyah, then they reject the names and the attributes. So even if the Mu'tazila affirm the names and attributes, it's without meaning. Without meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned. So here, Allah has beautiful names, and all of them have beautiful meanings, and they necessitate an attribute, likewise with beautiful, complete meanings. وَهِيَ كُلَّهَا صِفَاتٌ عَلِيَّةٌ صِفَاتٌ عَالِيَّةٌ He says, وَلَيْسَتْ 
So it's not similar to the attributes of the creation. The first of his names is Allah, which is Laftul Jalala. And Ibn Abbas said, Allah means Dul Uluhiyyah, the one who deserves to be worshipped. And all other names follow on from Allah. So Ar Rahman, Ar Rahim are from his names, but they follow on after Allah. That's why we say Bismillah, Ar Rahman, Ar Rahim. Ar Rahman, Ala Wazin Fa'lan, which negates vastness in terms of his mercy and a rahim specific to the believers that he is beneficent and he delivers that benefit that mercy to specifically to the believers so allah has beautiful names and they're not limited to 99 names even though in the hadith in sunan abi dawood that hadith which mentions names the names of Allah, Sardan, which mentioned them one after the other, that narration is da'if. And the authentic narration which is in Sunnah, which is in Sahih Muslim, the hadith of Abi Hurairah that Allah has 99 names, man ahsaha dakhal al-jannah, that whoever is able to know them and memorize them and understand their meaning and act in accordance with what they entail, then they will enter paradise then that is, doesn't mean it's limited to 99. Each and every scholar makes ishtihad in order to understand the 99 names of Allah, but they are not limited to our 99s. Because the Messenger himself said, except those names, illa asma, except those names that you have, that you have uh, named yourself with, you have praised yourself with, athnayta ala nafsik, Huh? or that you have kept with you in, ilm al, in the ilm al-ghayb, away from people knowing it. So that particular hadith, which clearly shows that there are other names that Allah subhanahu has not told us about. And so the scholars, they make ishtihad as to try to find out what the, these particular names are. So if you go to Qawaid al-Muthla, Shaykh ibn Uthaymi has gathered 99 names of Allah in there, out of his ishtihad. If you go to Incidentally, the Sharh of Qirwaniya by Sheikh Abbad, also he gathered 99 names of Allah. And there's a beautiful section as well there, where each name he put the proof of the verse or the hadith. And he said, as for two names, that and he coincide, these names that he wrote coincided with exactly the same names that Sheikh Ibn Uthaymi wrote, except for two names. I think one of them was Ad-Dayyan. Ad-Dayyan. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows his authority, that he is the one with full authority, that everyone is in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah has 99 names, and they're not limited to 99. And one should know the names and look at what they entail. So for example, Allah is a Rahman. Then also you should be merciful. And if you go to Abu al-Sayyib, Ibn al-Qayyimi mentions the, that if you attribute yourself with that which Allah loves from his uh, from those characteristics that Allah loves those sifat Allah loves like for example you are Rahim to others then Allah will be Rahim to you and if you are kind to others Allah will be kind to you Allahu Rafiq yuhibbu rifq he loves rifq and the messenger said ma kana rifqu fi shay'i zana whenever the Gentleness is mixed with something, it beautifies it. Whenever gentleness is removed something from something, then it disfigures it. 
So have gentleness and Allah will be gentle with you. There's a beautiful section in the beginning of Wabil al-Sayyib and that is regarding Kamatudintudan, as you treat others you will be treated. But if you are a person who is Faddan Ghalid al-Qalb, even the Messenger Allah said, Walaw kunta Faddan Ghalid al-Qalb, lam Faddan min hawlik. Then if you had been harsh and stern with the people, they would have run away from you. They would have left you. So being gentle, being kind, being merciful with the creation. SubhanAllah, just about 10 days ago or so, Sheikh Fawzan was teaching Bulugh al-Maram. And in there he mentioned, even in the Ahkam al-Sayd, when you hunt for an animal, you shouldn't mistreat the animal. It shouldn't be out of amusement or entertainment that you're hunting the animal. Like they do in this country, they have fox hunting. Huh? The fox ate a chicken, but they want to catch the fox in a way which is an abhorrent way. A way which will make the fox ta'deeb, huh? give ta'deeb to the fox, yani hardship. This is not the way of Islam. Islam, huh? we should be kind to animals. Not use them to entertain our lives whilst they are being tortured or facing difficulty. This is not Islam. This is not justice. This is not kindness to animals. So if that's the case with animals, what about Ibn Adam? What about the children of Adam? And what about a Muslim? How you treat a Muslim and how you treat one who's upon Sunnah, one who's on Tawheed and Sunnah, and how about the ulama? How would you treat them? So the person should be careful. Should be careful to bring about, no doubt, you should bring about those traits and those characteristics in themselves that na'am, thereby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also treating them likewise. If they're kind and gentle with others and merciful, then alhamdulillah Allah will do the same with you. And if they're miserly and they're stern and hard and harsh with others, then likewise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will treat you as you treat others. So learning the names and attributes of Allah increases iman. Wallah. And then he mentions He's the first and the last and the highest and the nearest. This is Surah Al-Hadid. The first beginning verses of Surah Al-Hadid is the first and the last. The Messenger explained it. He's the first, is no one before Allah. And he's the last, is no one after Allah. And he is the highest, is no one above Allah. And he is the nearest, is no one closer to you than Allah by his knowledge. This Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned, and Shaykh Ubaid mentioned it once, that Ibn al-Qayyim mentioned this verse is a beautiful verse because in it, it shows us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in control of all of time and He's aware of all of space. He's aware of all of time and all of space. He's the first and the last. That means He knows everything that's happening. He's the first and the last, of course. And He's the highest and nearest. That means He knows everything in space. That means we can't hide from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We can't escape Allah, we can't escape His kingdom. He's the first and the last and the highest and the nearest. And we will go back to Allah for our accountability. As for the, the Mu'tazila, the Jahmiyyah, the Ashairah, 
They say if we affirm Allah's names and attributes, then it's as if we are making partners with Allah. Or making for Allah partners. And we refute them, Sheikh Fawzan says, that we say that the sifa laysat ghayr al-mawsuf. How can you say that the attribute is different than the one who it's describing? The attribute describes the one is the one whom it's describing. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions his asma'us sifat, when he mentions his sifat, his attributes, then how can you separate that from the one who is being described? That means you are the ones who have the problem that you have separated between his sifat and the one and his asma. But Ahl Sunnah know. They say this ism, the name, has a sifa that is derived from it, an attribute that is derived from it. And they don't separate between the names and attributes. But the misguided groups, they say you have made shirk with Allah when you claim that Allah has these attributes. You have made shirk with Allah. And we say, no. We always say, Laysa kamithlihi shay. We always affirm the attributes, but at the same time, without making those attributes similar to creation. There's no one similar to Allah. But He's all hearing, all seeing. وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَانِ To Allah belongs the highest and the best of descriptions. You cannot describe Allah with the description of creation. Creation's description is limited. The attributes of the creation are limited. But the, but the sifat of Allah are complete. So they're the ones that commit shirk. So when Ibn Khuzayma, for example, he mentions, he wrote a book called Kitab Tawheed wa Ithbat Sifat al-Rabb. And incidentally, this book was one of the first books that Sheikh Muhammad al-Banna read. And he was in, in Egypt, in Cairo. And he went to a bookshop. This is before he became to, to know of the Aqidah to Salaf. He went to a bookshop. And in that bookshop was a man, his name was Munir Damishqi. And he said to him, and mashallah, Munir Damishqi was Salafi, who was running this bookshop in Cairo. Salafi, because I've seen some of his books. MashaAllah, he's got Shuruhat of Surah Thalatha, Qawaid al Arba. MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. So he goes into this bookshop and he asks, he says to him, I'm, I'm confused because he's still young, he's 20 years old, a youth. He says, Look, in the masjid, the Imam is saying, Whoever says Allah is above the Arsh, he's a kafir, he's a disbeliever. And you've got all these groups. What do we believe? What's the correct belief? Tell me. So the first book he gave him was Ibn Khuzayma's Kitab Al-Tawheed Wa Ithbat Sifat al rabb And if you got that book by Ibn Khuzayma, you open it, it's just a, it's all ayat and a hadith. Allahu Akbar. Sheikh Fawzan says here, however, Al-Razi, Fakhr al-Din Al-Razi, who uh, used to not affirm the Allah's, uh, Allah's attributes, he said, he used to call Ibn Khuzayma's book, which is called Kitab Tawheed, he used to call it, Qala anhu, inna hadha al-kitab huwa kitab al-shirk. He used to call it Kitab al-shirk. Sallallahu salama. Ayat, a hadith, affirming Allah's names and attributes. He used to call it Kitab al-shirk. Because it affirms Allah's names and attributes. So to him, to Fakhr al-Din al-Razi, 
who went astray, to him the attributes in this book that I mentioned about Allah are or are not befitting for Allah because he's already in his mind made tashbih. Sheikh Muhammad al said about these people who deny the attributes, first of all they do, they themselves do tashbih. They themselves liken Allah to creation. And then when they liken Allah to creation, to get out of that, they have to deny it. And when they deny it, the attributes, when they deny them, then they have to replace them with something else. And then they say, no, his hand means power. Or his face means reward. Allah didn't say that. You can't have... And when Allah said, بَلْ يَدَاهُ مَبْسُوطَتَانِ Both his hands are outstretched. You can't have both his powers are outstretched. Sheikh Salif Uzan said, you can't say that. Why? Because you limited his power to two. So how is Allah's power limited to two? Allah's power is great and vast. So how can you say his hands means his power? So his hands, yes, Allah mentions, تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكُ the, that the dominion, glory be to Allah, the one who's exalted is Allah, the one whose hand it is, the, is his dominion. And the Messenger Sallallahu mentioned that he has two right hands. We don't know how, we don't ask how, but we affirm them and we believe in them. Just as we affirm and we believe that Allah sees and He hears. So Shaykh Salif Uzan is showing that the, the Ash'aris and the Mu'tazila, the likes of these individuals, they themselves do not accept these names and attributes. The meanings behind these names and attributes. Why? Because they themselves liken Allah to creation first. Then they have to deny it and then they have to replace it with ta'wil, al-fasid, with false interpretation. Shaykh Muhammad al-Banna rahimahullah read this book, Kitab al-Tawheed. He read the book and he reminded me and in that book is the hadith of Al-Jariyah where the Prophet ﷺ said to the slave girl where is Allah? And she, and she pointed up that he's above. Who am I? She said you are Rasulullah. He said free her as she is a believer. Allahu Akbar. So from Iman is to affirm Allah is above the arsh. From Iman is to affirm that Rasulullah is the messenger of Allah. So look, she affirmed a point of aqidah. The people of the Ashaira, those who don't affirm Allah's attributes, and, uh, except, uh, uh, except those that go with the aql, those Ashaira, they claim and they say, we can't say Allah is above. <coughs> Even though, Above, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ulum is sifatun dhatiyya. He's always, and he's always above in a way which befits his majesty. And then istiwa, sifatun fi'liya, that he rises and he rose above the arsh and he descends in the lowest, to the lowest heaven in the last part of the night. This is established for Allah in the authentic narrations, in the hadith. So when the Mu'tazila deny this, and the Asha'ira deny this. And they say that you're putting Allah in a place. No, you're the one who made the word place. You're the one who made up the word place. Allah didn't use that word. Nor did the Sahaba. Nor did the Messenger Nor did the Sahaba. But why don't you just say what Allah said? 
الرحمن عرش استوى الله is above the arsh الرحمن the most merciful is above the arsh rose above the arsh why don't you just say what Allah said تبارك الذي بيده الملك exalted is Allah whose hand is his dominion why don't you just say what Allah said why don't you just say what Allah said وَاصْبِرْ نَفْسَكَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِي يُرِيدُنَا وَجْهَةِ Be patient with those who worship Allah, call upon their Lord day and night, seeking His face. Why don't you just say what Allah said? Affirming these attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And names and attributes for Allah. Why don't you do that? And to be on the safe side. And stop where the Sahaba stop. Don't go beyond them as Umar al-Abdulaziz said. قِفْ حَيْثُ وَقَفَ الْقَوْمِ فَإِنَّهُمْ عَنْ عِلْمٍ وَقَفُوا Stop where they stopped, for they stopped upon knowledge. They didn't go beyond knowledge. And from his attributes is, Naam, his speech. Allah spoke to Musa, alayhi salatu salam. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَ Allah spoke to Musa directly. When he stajaraka ahadu min al-mushrikeen, فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَعَ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ And when one of the polytheists seek your shelter, then give it to them. That they may listen to the speech of Allah. Subhanallah. Ayat after ayat, all affirming the speech of Allah. فَمِن صِفَاتِ الْفِعْلِيَّةِ الْكَلَامِ فَاللَّهُ يَتَكَلَّمُ حَقِيقَةً Sheikh Fawzan says, from his speech, from his attributes, in action, يعني his speech. So Allah speaks with a speech that is real. يُسْمَعْ مِنْهُ الْكَلَامِ Such that speech is heard from him. He spoke to Musa, alayhi salatu salam, and Musa heard him. That's why Musa is called كَلِيمُ اللَّهِ The one who spoke to Allah. وَيُكَلِّمُ جِبْرِيلُ Allah speaks to Jibreel. And he spoke to Jibreel with wahi, with revelation. And Jibreel heard Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he gave that revelation to the messengers. To the messengers. So he speaks when he wills with the speech that is heard. As for the Jahmiyyah, they deny that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. And in reality, if we found, if there is an individual who cannot speak, that is considered to be deficiency. Somebody can't speak. That is considered to be deficiency. So how can they attribute deficiency for Allah? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of his names and attributes are perfect. Likewise, Shaykh Salif Uzan, he said and he used verses to show deficiency huh, of those who cannot speak. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned about the Bani Israel when they worship the golden calf. Allah said, أَلَمْ يَرَوْا أَنَّهُ لَا يُكَلِّمُهُمْ وَلَا يَهْدِيهِمْ سَبِيلًا Don't they see that that golden calf that they made with their own hands cannot speak to them, nor guide them to the straight path, nor guide them to any path. وَلَا يَهْدِيهِمْ سَبِيلًا Nor guide them to the path that is upright. And also in the other verse, or Taha verse 89, أَفَلَا يَرَوْنَ أَلَّا يَرْجِعُ إِلَيْهِمْ قَوْلًا وَلَا يَمْلِكُ لَهُمْ Likewise, this idol that you have made, don't they see again 
that they will not be able to reply to them. Subhanallah, look ya Abdullah. When we say, لبيك اللهم لبيك. Ibn al-Qayyim said, when we say, لبيك اللهم لبيك, here I am, O oh Allah, I'm at your service. Ibn al-Qayyim brought about 18 benefits of the Talbiyah. And one of the benefits of it is that you're affirming the speech of Allah. Just by saying the Talbiyah, you're affirming the speech of Allah. Because when you say to somebody, here I am, you're waiting for them to command you. Is that so? You're, you're waiting for them to command you. It's an affirmation of his speech. And it's an affirmation of his hearing. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. But these idols cannot speak. They cannot command you. They do not have the ability to bring you any good or repel any harm. And likewise, Allah said, أَفَلَا يَرَوْنَ أَلَّا يَرْجِعُ إِلَيْهِمْ قَوْلًا وَلَا يَمْلِكُ لَهُمْ ضَرًّا وَلَا نَفْعًا Again, we read that. So the one who doesn't speak, how can he be a deity? So how can you, O Mu'tazila Jahmi, how can you deny the speech of Allah? How can you deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks? When it is perfect for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He speaks. And he says what he wills, to whomsoever he wills, whenever he wills, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the speech of Allah is from his sifat, فَهُوَ صِفَةُ الْفِعْلِ From his sifat, which is an action, from his actions, that he speaks when he wills, and he says what he wills, to himself he wills. وَكُلْ This is nice fa'ida, he says, كُلُّ صِفَةِ الْفِعْلِ وَكُلُّ صِفَةِ فِعْلٍ فَهِيَ صِفَةٌ ذَات أَيْضًا So every attribute that is an action from Allah, is also uh, an attribute from his essence, from his essence, from his that, from his self. And then Ibn Abi Zayd continues and he says, وَأَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ لَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقٍ فَيَبِيدٍ وَلَا صِفَةٍ لِمَخْلُوقٍ فَيَنْفَدٍ So the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. Um, and it is uncreated, it is not created, such that it is, that it has an end. Because all created things have an end. Nor is it an attribute of the creation such that it disappears. So created things end, they come to an end. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al He is the perfect living and the self-subsisting. Shaykh Sa'if Uzan, he mentioned the story of Musa alayhi salatu salam. فَلَمَّا تَجَلَّ رَبُّهُ لِلْجَبَلِ جَعَلْهُ دَكَّا Because Ibrahim, uh, Musa alayhi salatu salam said, رَبِّ أَرِنِي أَنظُرْ إِلَيْكَ He said, my Lord, let me have the ability to see you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لَن تَرَانِي You will not be able to see me. يعني in this life. This is not have the ability in this life but in the hereafter the believers will see Allah because of what happened to the Jabal the Jabal, the mountain crumbled not able not able to stand on the Jabal 
Look at the mountain. So if it is able to stand upright, in its place, in its place, then you'll be able to see me. But it was not able to stand. So as soon as his Lord revealed his splendor to the mountain, he pulverized it. It crumbled basically. It was not able to stand. So Sheikh Salif Uzan, he continues, he says that Al-Sunnah must believe this belief. That is the belief that the Quran is the speech of Allah. From him it was revealed. It is not created. From him it began and to him it will return. The Quran Al-Kareem is one of Allah's speech. So the speech of Allah is not only the Quran, but is one of Allah's speech. Because the speech of Allah Azza wa Jal is not limited. He spoke and he, he spoke to the angels, he spoke to Adam, he spoke to, to Musa salam. Naam, Yom al Qiyamah, each and every one of us Allah will address. Ma minkum illa wa sayyukallimhum Allah Yom al Qiyamah bila turjuman, without a translator. And so, wa min ahadi, and from one of his speech is the Quran. And also the Kutub al Munazala, the revealed books that were revealed before the Quran, the likes of the Torah and the Injil. They are all revealed books. So you must believe in this, he says. And the Quran Karamullah, that the Quran is the speech of Allah, both both the not just the text, but also the meaning. Not just what you read, but also the meaning. Because in opposition to the Jahmiyyah, this misguided group that re, that deny the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that they deny the rest of Allah's attributes. They say His speech is created. Allah subhanahu wa created it, they say, even in the preserved tablets. And you have to be careful as well because in Medina, na'am, alhamdulillah, in Medina, Allahumma barik, if you study Sanad with the a sheikh, a scholar in, uh, in Quran, and you, mashallah, you get that chain of narration, that certificate, that you, mashallah, now you recite the Quran, not just as the messengers Hassan recited it, but that sanad goes back to who? Not just the Prophet Sallallahu It goes back to Allah. But the Ash'aris, when they have this sanad, when they have this sanad, they say it goes back to the preserved tablets. They don't want to say it goes back to Allah. Say it goes back to Allah. See speech. Or they say it goes back to Jibreel. Muhammad, or they say it goes, it goes back to Muhammad only. And other than that. But the speech of Allah is his speech. It doesn't just go back to the preserved tablets. It doesn't just go back to uh, the Lawh al-Mahfud. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bihi. Yani this Quran, he spoke and he is from his speech and it's his speech that is heard. And his speech, as Imam al-Siji said, both sound and letters. Walakin sifatullah taliqu bihi. The attributes of Allah are those attributes that are befitting his majesty. 
And as for the attributes of the creation, then that is befitting them as well. So they're not similar. The speech of you and me is not similar to the speech of Allah. Because our speech is created. But as for the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is غير مخلوقة. It is uncreated. Always with him. That's his speech, and he speaks when he wills, to himself he wills. قُلْ لَوْ كَانَ الْبَحْرُ مِدَادًا لِكَلِمَةِ رَبِّي الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَنْ تَنْفَذَ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّي وَلَوْ جِئْنَا بِمِثْلِهِ مَدَدًا So if the oceans were made as ink, if the oceans were ink, and they would be used to, to write down the speech of Allah, they will be exhausted before the speech of Allah is exhausted. And if the trees have been were used as pens, as in Surah Al-Luqman, وَلَوْ أَنَّمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مِنْ شَجْرَةٍ أَقْلَامٍ وَالْبَحْرُ يَمُدُّهُ مِنْ بَعْدِهِ سَبْعَةُ أَبْحُرٍ And the oceans were used as ink, as seven oceans, not just one, but seven, then they would be exhausted before the speech of Allah is exhausted Naam, if the seas were ink to record the words of my Lord surely the seas would be depleted they would be exhausted before the words of my Lord would be exhausted exhausted and in Surah Al-Luqman and if all the trees on the earth were pens and the seas were ink to write with seven seas behind it to add to its supply the words of Allah would not be exhausted. Truly, Allah is almighty and all-wise. There's a almighty. If we say all, A-double-L, mighty, that's incorrect. For Allah subhanahu aziz is almighty. A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. But many translations you see, almighty, which is because you have all wise, that's fine. All knowledgeable, all. But when you get almighty, should be just one L. Otherwise, then everyone else is mighty. So Sheikh Fawzan Habidullah, he mentioned beautifully about the speech of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that it is uncreated and it is will not be exhausted. Allah يتكلم في الأزل ويتكلم في المستقبل الله سبوك in the past and he spoken and he will speak in the future ويتكلم متى شاء سبحانه وتعالى يأمر وينهى ويدبر he commands and he forbids and he plans ولا حد لكلامه and there is no limit to his speech كلم جبريل وسمع جبريل كلامه كلم موسى عليه الصلاة والسلام وسمع موسى كلامه وكلم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ليلة المعراج on the night Journey, Allah spoke to Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Adam He speaks to him, whoever, whoever he wills To whomsoever he wills So his speech does not resemble the speech of the creation Just like the rest of his attributes do not resemble the attributes of the creation So the Quran is the speech of Allah Lafduhu wa ma'na, both his text, na'am, as well as the meaning. As for the Jahmiyyah, they say both the text and the meaning is from 
creation. And the Ashaira, they say the text is, the, is created. As for the meaning, then it is uncreated. This is what they say. That Jibreel only took the meaning from Allah. Didn't take the speech of Allah, only took the meaning. This is batil. This is futile. Rather, Jibreel took both the loft as well as the meaning. Took the speech as well as the meaning. So they considered the speech of Allah to be created, but the meaning to be uncreated. That's the Ashairah. Then they say the speech of Allah, both speech and meaning, is from Allah. That befits His honor and majesty. And the speech and, and the speech of Allah and the attributes of Allah, all of them are perfect. As for the one who does not know, doesn't know how to speak, then no doubt that is deficiency for them. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala affirmed that when he spoke about the golden calf, that he cannot aid them. Alam yaraw annahu la yukallimuhum. Annahu la yukallimuhum wa la yahdihim sabila. And also, look what Ibrahim salam, said to his father. Ya abati lima ta'budu ma la yasma' wa la yubsir wa la yughni anka shay'a. Oh my father, why do you worship that which cannot hear, nor can see, it cannot see, nor can it aid you and help you in anything? So it shows us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has perfect names. We affirm them for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Na'am and perfect attributes. And from those attributes is his speech. We have to affirm it. We have to accept it. And also the Messenger sallallahu himself taught us. And we end with this. And that is the dua that the Messenger sallallahu taught us. After Fajr, This is proof, one of the proofs that the Qur'an is, or the speech of Allah is uncreated. Because we say, A'udhu, which is, which is seeking refuge, an aspect of worship. So we say, A'udhu Billah, A'udhu Billah, we seek refuge with the complete words of Allah, from all evil that is created, that He created. We seek refuge as an aspect of worship. How can you worship that which is created? So the speech of Allah is uncreated because you are seeking refuge with the complete words of Allah. So that's one of the proofs that the scholars use to show the Quran is the speech of Allah. It's a reminder for us in our everyday life. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala aid us and rectify us and make us strong in our iman. Believe in Allah's names and attributes correctly, affirming that which Allah affirmed for Himself and what the